0: I'm Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the Harry Potter series, but first let's get to know our guest, uh, Sean Richardson. Sean, how
1: are you doing? Hi, Tyler. I'm doing pretty good. Glad to hear it. Thank you.
0: So, Sean, tell us about yourself. What's your story? (laughs) What are you doing out here in Los Angeles?
1: What's my deal, perhaps?
0: Perhaps, yes.
1: Okay. Um, uh, I was born in, in just south of Richmond, Virginia, in a place called Chesterfield, which is very southern and full of southern type people um i you just
0: defended a lot of people what no i think we all know what you mean
1: no no that's that's definitely not what i mean i can see the look on your face and no okay um southern people are very proud of the fact that they're southern as a matter of fact uh many people say that richmond virginia is not southern and if you say that in the right place you will get beaten up
0: that's that's the southern people i'm talking about um, I'm sorry, keep going
1: Those people don't listen to this podcast <laughs> I um, want them to though that's I, We, the, that's we the will thing. send it in envelopes to their houses at, After this is recorded um, uh, I went to Elon University um, Where I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in acting And a Bachelor of Arts I believe, yeah, BA, Bachelor of Arts in scenic design And after I graduated I moved uh, out to Los Angeles To pursue my delusions of grandeur like most people who moved to Los Angeles. Dream of acting, I think, is what, yeah. they, what they call it. Dream, um, dream of acting. See, here's one. Okay. Are we going to get into this right now? Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. I'm trying to encourage people with this podcast, Sean. All right? I'm trying to... One of the things that I want to try to encourage people to do is that if you feel that, you know, God is calling you to act or write or direct in film, uh, don't be afraid of Hollywood. Come on out here. And then you get... Sean saying delusions of grandeur. You're a jerk. Uh,
1: well, I I don't care for I, it. Okay, I I will I will stand corrected. Delusions of grandeur is probably a little harsh. I just I like to maintain a level head. Yeah. And bear in mind that I I I've paid a lot of money to uh, become a professional make-believer and play dress up. Yeah. Um. And I just feel like if uh, if you lose sight of the fact that that's what you're doing, maybe you go off the deep end a little bit. That doesn't matter because I don't think God's calling me to act at the moment anyway. Um, Why is that? Uh, well, I moved to Los Angeles in 2006 um, and pursued acting fairly heavily. Um, I started working at a catering company because it enabled me to take off work whenever I needed to and go to auditions. But it's been in the last uh, year that I've started feeling God kind of pulling me away from acting. Some doors have been shutting down. Uh, I have a, a fantastic agent. Um, out out here. And I don't get a lot of auditions. Um, it's not for lack of trying on their part or my part. It's just my feeling is uh, God is kind of closing this door. Whether that door is going to reopen, I'm not sure. Um, I've had several friends tell me not to close my mind to it completely. Mm-hmm. But um, I started working out, going to the gym very regularly when I was in college. And uh, God has very much been pointing me towards becoming a personal trainer i'm currently taking a class with the national academy of sports medicine um to become a certified personal trainer and i am actually your personal trainer (laughs) and and we work out sometimes in your living room which is like six feet over to my left your right and uh and it's a lot of fun he's looking at me he's glaring daggers at me right now
0: (laughs) yeah okay i was gonna mention it all right (laughs) You don't need to mention that we're recording this in my living room. Like, you know, as far as people know... I like your be, living room. I understand that, but as far as people know, this could be like this really great studio, you know, and
1: I could... I consider your, your apartment to be a wonderful place. I've had many a pleasant meal here. It's awesome. We've watched great movies here. We sure have. Yes, we have.
0: <laughs> and that's what, this, that's what today's all that's about. That's what it's about. I'm not going to transition into it just yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's actually quite interesting that as far as... Um, You know, because our last guest was uh, Nathan Potter, and then of course I am the host, and you're the guest today. The three of uh, of the three of us, nobody is still doing what they came out here to do. That's correct. Now you're still you're still pursuing acting. You know, uh, a little bit. Yes. I mean,
1: Um, there. I mean, I certainly go to auditions when um, when I my agent tells me I have them, mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to be. I'm definitely going to continue to get pictures taken if some pictures aren't working. Um, but my focus now is personal training, uh, getting that course done, um, and pursuing that a little more heavily. And as I've been thinking about it and praying about it, Los Angeles has, um, an idea of what it is to be healthy that is unbiblical mm. and, uh, relies a lot on, um, uh, playing on people's vanity, especially because there is so much exposure with, um, uh, print ads and movie stars with the type of money to pay for personal trainers and very specific diets that mm-hmm. will strip body fat and things of that nature. But those are really unrealistic goals for most people. Uh, but you don't hear a, b- a lot about that. It's, oh, you can't be happy unless you have no body fat and, you know, four women in bikinis hanging around you all the time and that's not the case. Um, now
0: admittedly, I am not very happy
1: and I and I don't have, you know, I've got
0: quite a bit of, of body fat. So I think there's something You to
1: have it. considerably less body fat than when we first met.
0: That's true. And uh and and so if you live in the Los Angeles area and are looking for a personal trainer, I highly suggest Sean Richardson.
1: Yes, it's uh it's kind of it's kind of work-based training. Uh, my newest piece of equipment is a couple of truck tires and a sledgehammer, and we go into the park and we, we beat them up. It's Yeah, a lot don't of let
0: that scare you off, uh, as it would have uh, me right off the bat. Um, I don't know if you should l- lead with that.
1: Well, there, there are other things, but... Sandbags. Sandbags. And such. Um, yeah. So. Getting outside, getting away from the mirrors, getting away from the people taking steroids, because those things are all dangerous for your health.
0: Well and I will say that when did you and I uh, first start uh, May? Yes, okay and uh, and since then it is now uh, late July it and is. Uh, so since then I have lost uh, about 15 pounds. Woo so for you. Uh, you know so I can I can uh, and I, I hate working out it's, he really does I, I don't need you to confirm that it's, it's <laughs> fine I'll, I'll just say it. Um, I, I hate working out uh, and I still do. Don't get me wrong. Uh, just because Sean's there doesn't uh, doesn't make it easier for me to do it. But he's uh, he's very encouraging. You know, when when you think of a personal trainer, you think of somebody who's kind of verbally abusive. Named something four, kind, yeah, kind of a drill sergeant of sorts. Yes,
1: any one of those American Gladiator names. Right,
0: right. Gemini. Yeah. Nitro. The
1: animal. The animal. I don't know if there was. Any I don't animal. think that's... I think that no. was on the new generation of American Gladiators that didn't last very long.
0: Right. Right. Um, and so, uh, so when you think of a, of a personal trainer, you think of these very harsh things and, and Sean certainly is not that. So if you're, if you live in Los Angeles and you're interested in having a personal trainer, I highly suggest uh, my buddy Sean here. Sean, how does somebody get in contact with you?
1: Uh, that's a wonderful question. Um, I, I currently, I have a Facebook page that's my own personal Facebook. Um, I'm working on getting a website. My focus is becoming, is the certification and mm-hmm. then i'll get the other stuff um in line uh i'm on facebook sean underscore richardson that's me or you can email <laughs> me at sean richardson online at com.
0: okay and uh and whenever you do get a website uh everybody everybody who's who uh is has been on the show or is going to be on the show has a page on more than one com. yes sean has a page on there as well and so once uh once you get a website, I will have a link to it on my website. So uh hurry that up.
1: I'll get right on that. That's the spot. That'll be the first place I put a link on your website. Well,
0: no, I'll put the link
1: oh. on the website. Well, I don't know the logistics. I don't know how it works. Okay. Uh
0: so going back to uh some of your some of your acting experience. Yes uh so what kind of what what stuff have you been in uh on on imdb you actually have a a fairly extensive uh list of of uh of credits
1: i do um i actually have one credit that just showed up on imdb that i have no idea what it is um Hmm. yeah it's weird i it's i'm in the film as a voice and Mm. i don't remember doing this but a friend of mine from college is in it so i I have a feeling we may have done something for one of her friends, like a voiceover thing that ended up, uh, ended up in a film. I think we're playing soap opera actors Mm. going Mm. in the background. I believe it. Um, the, well, I'm like Tyler said, I'm on IMDB and I am the only, well, the first Sean Richardson, S-H-A-W-N. Um, and there's, uh, a film called An Angel Named Billy.
0: That's right.
1: Tyler Tyler just started grinning because he knows what this is. Uh, the, it was the first thing I did when I came to Los Angeles. I played um, a bit part in uh, a film that can be found at some of your local neighborhood blockbusters, uh, in my opinion.
0: You can find his scene on YouTube. You can find the scene on YouTube? You sure can, buddy. What? Who did that? I don't Did know. you do that? No, I didn't do that. Okay, because I didn't know that. Oh, yeah.
1: That's disconcerting it
0: is disconcerting (laughs) if you're a friend it's just all of a sudden it's like is this the one where he oh yeah there it is
1: where he uh what tyler is alluding to is i played a bit part where i was a gay farmhand in um a film about a young gay man coming of age moving out of his rural home and into the big city Uh, i myself have not watched the film uh not for lack of trying um and it's not a matter of content. I just happen to think it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't get more than 10 minutes past my own scene before turning it off out of sheer frustration of the terrible acting. Um, but, uh, so that's An Angel Named Billy, where I play Rick, Rick the farmhand. Um, Tyler's laughing. I'm um, sorry, I'm
0: just, I'm looking at the, At you seem very, dis- uh, very uncomfortable.
1: No, it's, I really don't like that piece of, footage um it's something that i did when i first moved to los angeles because um well i guess perspective is needed um i grew up in a christian home um i went to a united methodist church for my entire life um was always aware of the gospel never had any doubts about the existence of god um but it wasn't until i was 14 years old i went on um what's called a chrysalis flight uh some of you may know what that means. It's uh, affiliated with A Walk to Emmaus. It's a, a four-day comprehensive, non-denominational um, weekend, and there are a, a series of talks about Christian doctrine and biblical study, and it was over that weekend that I like fully devoted myself to Christ. But And through high school, things were great, um, but I went off to college, and without the supervision of smarter, wiser people— um, I started to slip little bits at a time and by the time I moved out to Los Angeles uh, I was in a place that was very far from God um, and it's a time in my life that I'm not very proud of but I learned a considerable amount uh, through it and after coming to terms with it I've gotten a fairly good perspective on how forgiving Christ can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result of that, it's pretty awesome. But, um, I was at that point in my life when I did the film and I just wanted something on my resume. I wanted to start an IMDb page. Um, so I took this bit part and apparently you can find it on YouTube to, to see the result of that. There you go. Uh, yeah. so what,
0: so what are some of the other things that, uh, that you've
1: been in? Um, I was in a film, uh, called diet it's a short film that is not on my imdb page because it was a student film uh with the brooks institute of photography out in ventura california where i played a psychotic fast food clown and that was a blast yeah um because that's everyone's dream role psychotic fast food clown Um, absolutely yes yeah i'm i'll hold to that
0: i mean it basically from an acting standpoint i mean it's it's basically somebody giving you permission to overact.
1: Exactly, and that's kind of fun. Oh, it's a it was great. Because like I, when
0: you get to play, you know, if you get to play Satan or something, it's mm-hmm. like, well, there's no conflict there. There's exactly. no inner conflict. It's just pure evil. Mm-hmm. So go to town.
1: I I just wanted to clog the carotid arteries of this gentleman playing the lead with cheeseburger after cheeseburger until he coughed up tomatoey goodness and died.
0: All right, so that's Diet. Uh, that's Diet. So, so um, uh, what about uh, some other stuff?
1: There is an uncompleted film called Foursome. Um As I'm going through this, I'm realizing the titles on my IMDb page are just terrible. It's pretty rough. Um, well, the the title for that film was specifically chosen by the director because he wanted people to see it and rent it, thinking it was porn uh, because he thought he would make more money that way. That's the spirit. Yeah. Uh, it's uncompleted though Uncompleted um, The the director um, Ended up Not finishing the film We ran out of money With one Very important scene Left to go uh, That was Two years ago now I believe And he uh, Moved to Indiana mm-hmm. And opened a pizza place Alright So yeah So um, uh,
0: I'd say Don't hold your breath About foursome everybody. No
1: Don't hold your breath About foursome um, I was also on Uh, an internet show called The Downstairs Guys on MySpace and YouTube um, for about six months uh, through Iron Sync Media, who is the company that produced that. They also produced um, Charlie Cobb's Flash Bash, which is Mm. another credit on my um, IMDB page. Uh, They were the first company I had really uh, a relationship with when I moved out, but um, in the midst of working on that show uh the downstairs guys um i started i kind of rededicated myself to christ and started going to a decent church that was uh really great in terms of thick biblical study um which the name of
0: which is reality la you reality can find a link LA. to it on more than one lesson.com. i'm sorry yes. sean
1: Continue. where where a friend of the show nathan potter also goes to church that's right that's right we frequently sit next to each other
0: okay then yeah. um it's an interesting detail. Um I got nothing. Now,
1: as far as uh high
0: profile things, Downstairs Guys is probably the biggest thing that you've done. I mean, it's <laughs> very po- it was very popular.
1: It was. I I actually don't know uh if they're still going or not. Um, they are. They are. Yes. Have you checked? Yes. Oh, no. Is it
0: uh. It's it's what you were, it's what you remember. Okay. Uh, go ahead and say what it was about.
1: Um okay, the the Downstairs Guys was uh Basically, three guys live in an apartment in Los Angeles, and, and produce a webcast out of their apartment. Um, so every, we would film once a week. Um, we do seven or eight episodes. I hope I'm not ru- Well, no, I hope I'm ruining this for people. If you actually think this is real, it doesn't exist this way. Um, women in Los Angeles don't walk around in. Well, not all women in Los Angeles walk around that scantily clad. There we go. Um, but. Uh, These guys would produce a podcast on Fridays, they would find a girl off the street and make her the girl, the babe of the week. Um, And then she would end that character would end up hanging out for seven or eight episodes, which was however many episodes the actress was there for the day. And uh, one or two, if not all of the guys in the apartment would try and sleep with her, Mm -hmm. which is basically the breakdown of the show. And as far as I'm uh, aware, it continues in that particular vein. Um I, I watched
0: half of a of a recent episode and as far as I can tell. Yeah, that's about right.
1: Is it still the the same three guys? Uh I, I haven't I, I watched think, it. I
0: think so. I, I'm not I wasn't that familiar with yeah. them in the first place. I watched a couple of your episodes. Um but uh but yeah it, it it's definitely the two guys that you were with mm-hmm. and then the I I didn't yeah. I don't remember the third guy okay. but, um but yeah, so now your experience on the downstairs guys was uh, a little frustrating. Now, listeners may recall that uh when we spoke with with Nathan Potter, he said that his his Christianity was met uh, you know, with I'd say a a shrug uh as far as the the things that he worked on. People were uh,
1: very receptive to Nathan as far as we've talked.
0: Yeah, I mean they just it wasn't it wasn't really that big of a deal. They, like if they listened at all, it was intently, you know. Um no hostility your experience however was different uh on downstairs guys especially
1: um on downstairs guys yes also with um just everything i did with iron sink media uh charlie Cobb's flash bash um and they did before they did downstairs guys there was they produced three shows the van nuys guys no ho girls and we ho girls which are all the same type of podcasted uh vodcasted myspace i don't know the lingo um but i was on an episode there as well um i ended up leaving the show because i couldn't reconcile the content with my faith anymore i was mm-hmm. hoping when i took the job that i would be able to uh be a witness on set and uh possibly bring different aspects out of the character uh you know this all three of the guys are clearly unfulfilled people you know and you can tell by the way they act by the way they treat women it's it was a you know it was a chauvinistic show and they were encouraged by the um by the comments that got left which were oftentimes incredibly horrible uh and i so i started trying to cater the character to someone who is aware that maybe a life of debauchery isn't isn't all it's cracked up to be and the kind of things people would write on the website were fairly horrible Mm -hmm. um so uh and it was things continued to get worse and worse with the production company oftentimes not going for what was funny but for what uh showed either the most skin or was the most um uh, the most sexual in nature. And after a while, I just, I couldn't, I wasn't making a difference. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't changing minds. Not that that was my job particularly, Mm -hmm. but it got to the point where through prayer and through counsel of my friends, I, it was just time to go. I, there was no point in me being in that place anymore.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I, Again, I have not seen very many episodes with you in them, but as far as I could tell your character, Alex Alex. Uh was of the three, probably the most the most sensitive, like the most uh tried to be. Tried to be.
1: And uh, you mean you can't uh there's nothing I could do about editing, which right. I would frequently try and work something into a scene. Uh and it was all improv comedy, it wasn't uh pre scripted. Right. right. Um I would try and work something into a scene, and uh, the editors would frequently cut it out.
0: Well, it still it still showed through a little bit that you were that you were a little more conflicted than the other two guys about, as you say, the kind of the chauvinistic attitude and the way they objectified women and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, but what's interesting is you mentioned the comments. To me, the the YouTube comments, or just not YouTube, but just. The, the comments that viewers would leave, that's half the fun. Fun is, I guess, in quotes here, uh, of watching uh, the downstairs guys. Because uh, since Alex was a bit, uh, just slightly conflicted, uh, he was labeled gay. Uh, and just like, oh, clearly he doesn't like women. And it's just like, what? So because he refuses to act like some kind of—I'm sorry if you're a construction worker, but it is a, this is a stereotype that I'm going to say—because he didn't act like a just the, a construction worker, just shouting things from the site, the work site, uh, then he must clearly be a homosexual. There's no question about it, and um, it's it's really astounding. Just the 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 producers and the audience seem to be totally in sync with each other,
1: and and the producers would uh, go online, they would create. Accounts on YouTube and go and incite comments hmm. on their own show. Um, I just realized, uh, like halfway through this, that I'm totally torching a bridge, but that's fine. Um, mm-hmm, whatever. Uh, but a lot of the comments, a lot of the arguments that happened between commenters were incited by uh, the producers uh, or the and the guys who made the show, um, and things happened that. I don't particularly need to go into now um, that were skeezy for lack of a better term on their part in terms of the the actresses that would come in for a day and little bits of information being left out of what that was expected of them. Um, And then if they weren't willing uh, to do to wear certain outfits or um, be in certain scenes, uh, they were ridiculed.
0: And, and, made, just, and made
1: to feel like they were not fulfilling their contract, which is unfair.
0: And you yourself, on the set, were ridiculed a fair amount as well.
1: Um, ridicule, Like, by the time I started downstairs, guys, everyone who I was working with was aware that I was a Christian. Um, it was frequently joked uh, that Alex, the character Alex, ha- got more sex than everyone else in the apartment, and I myself know nothing of that, um, mm-hmm. because i uh, only by the grace of God have uh, will have waited for marriage. Um, I'm currently engaged, so I can actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. There you go. Um, but I'm currently engaged, and so, but I I will have waited um, mm-hmm. for marriage, and that came up frequently um, if I was dating someone over the course of. You know, going out on a date or um or just meeting a friend for lunch or something, and it came up on the set a lot of questions got asked, and never in a it was mostly in aI can't believe you are not sleeping with this person, don't you feel unfulfilled type of way mm-hmm. um the first project I worked with them on charlie Cobbs flash bash um it i I was never secretive about the fact that I was waiting for marriage. Uh, and it came up one day on set because I actually had to do a scene with a friend of the production companies who was a porn star. Hmm. And the the scene was I was playing a character who had been trying to hook up with someone throughout the course of a celebrity party and had failed completely. So was wallowing in his own misery uh, and drinking a lot and a waitress came up and propositioned him, and the girl playing the waitress was a prostitute, and we left to get, left the scene together, implying that we, en- that we slept together. Um, but she made a particular comment, and uh, apparently my novice showed all over my face, and she asked if I was a virgin, and I said yes. And then she proceeded to bug me for two days about whether or not she could have my virginity. Hmm. Which was nice. I I thought that was very kind of her. And, Absolutely. You know, it's she was she was very polite, and uh, I mean, it's not what I expected to, you know, the way I expected to to lose that. Right. You know, right. Hold on to it, you know, for my entire life, only to come to Los Angeles and lose it to a porn star. But um, needless it's to say, it's the American I, dream. Those Americans need to read more books, <laughs> chiefly the Bible. Nice. Thank you.
0: Um yeah, and and so uh Oh well, my, we need to move on. But
1: um No, this episode can be long. Oh it will be. I want to go hour and a half. Hour and a half. Okay, well we're gonna wind I up, say bring the pain, Tyler. Well
0: we're gonna wind up taking a break anyway. Okay. Um But uh but yeah, it's you know, and that's that's something that I wanted to, to emphasize is that uh you know, if you're a Christian and and you do come out to you know to be a writer or to be an actor or or whatever, you know you might meet with some ridicule. You might you might bump up against somebody who literally you
1: know. I would I would go as far as to say you will.
0: Yeah. Um, just in the you know li- if you're listening to this, chances are you've listened to Battleship Pretension. You know that I've um, you know dealt with a lot of uh, stand up comedians and and they've all been very nice, but. A few of them have been very vocal about Christianity and my Christianity uh, in in particular. And um, and it it can be a little frustrating, um, but you just have to, you know, you just have to deal with it. This is a city that that really needs Christians who are willing to, you know, tough it out and, you know, encourage each other and just you know, Jesus himself received a great deal of ridicule as well, but he exactly he stuck with it. So, and,
1: and as Christians, that's something that we're to expect. Yeah, um, there's there's an idea in uh, say areas of Christianity um, that if if you're a Christian, all your bills will be paid and uh, no one will ever be mean to you. Um, it's prosperity gospel. And that's simply not the case. And it's it's in my opinion, silly to expect that as a follower of Christ, you will never experience anything that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and Los Angeles is, uh, is definitely not a place where that is uncommon. There are many people who just don't understand, um, don't understand what Christ taught, don't understand who he is. And as a result of that, you're going to run into people who are very, very attached to um to their particular lifestyle and don't want to hear what what a believer has to say and in those cases it's i find it's best just to be nice and polite and if they ever want to talk to be there to talk but um uh, you know you i've i've closed doors in the past by being very incredibly outspoken yeah um so now on on set, when it comes up i don 't hesitate to to share my beliefs with somebody um, but if it doesn 't come up, it doesn 't come up
0: yeah um, yeah, I mean chances are in los Angeles uh, the person that you 're talking to, if they are being hostile about about your beliefs, chances are that uh, either something has 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 happened in their life or just they're bringing a lot of preconceived notions. Uh, to the table, and you got to be careful. I mean, you may not know what they are, but you you know you need to be extra careful. Some would say you need to be more combative. You need to be, uh, you know, more aggressive. I, I would venture to say that that will only hurt, uh, you know, your your cause, and that uh, probably the best thing to do is is to just listen to what they have to say, and then respond to what they have to say, but try to take Personal pride and try to take uh, any kind of defensiveness out of it. Exactly. Know? Just try and have a conversation. So, and I would venture to say, let them initiate the conversation. But some people have the spiritual gift of, gift of evangelism, so I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to tell them
1: what to do. Bless you, people, indeed.
0: So, um, all right. Well, we're gonna take uh, we're gonna take a break, uh, and then we are gonna come back and talk about the Harry Potter series. So uh, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. We're back Sean
1: how you doing I'm doing pretty good all right we we actually just uh Tyler Tyler showed me the clip from an angel named Billy on YouTube <laughs> uh, that I didn't know was there and oh my gentle listener is it terrible
0: it's pretty bad I, um, uh, I, I hadn't seen it in a while and uh, everything about that's bad
1: oh just just
0: awful so just horrible your performance is as good as it can be
1: well. I I don't I don't know quite how to take that. <laughs> I, I would almost rather it not be as good as, as I could be.
0: Well I'm just saying as far as that dialogue.
1: Ah uh, yes, the dialogue thing. was fairly terrible. Yeah.
0: So what's the what's the the problematic line for you?
1: Do you remember the smell and the taste of fresh honeysuckle? I remember it vividly because it comes out of nowhere. Did you deliver it like that? Because uh I gotta
0: say that's kind of an odd delivery.
1: Well, I was try. I was making a choice, and okay. it, it doesn't always work. That's, that's you know, fine. you know how occasionally you watch like I don't know some character actor, and you go, "What made that choice happen?" That was that was that. No, I, okay. I didn't deliver it like that. I'm sorry for lying.
0: Do you know if there's any chance that uh, Diet will be online at some point?
1: Um, there used to be a trailer for Diet on MySpace, but I am not sure. That guy should
0: upload it somewhere because because uh, I have seen it recently and uh, and uh, you're great it's it a lot of people a lot of the acting is really good there's a couple moments in there that uh, that are only so so but the film in general is 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 a lot of fun it was and, it was and a great
1: time to make too I I you can tell yeah I and, got to be submerged in a kiddie pool of water
0: that's right and uh, yeah you're. Uh, When you, when you, is that your, is that basically your entrance? Yes. Okay, your entrance is really awesome. So, uh, so yeah, if, uh, are you still in contact with the director I am.
1: Well, the, I'm I'm in contact with the, the, the young lady who produced it.
0: Okay. You should encourage her to put it online somewhere so that uh, anyone can see it.
1: I'll try. I know he's, he's going to try and take it to a short, short film festival. I just don't know the particulars of that. Hmm. So...
0: I feel like I could do pretty well mm-hmm. on the, on the festival circuit, but uh, all right. But enough of that.
1: Enough of it. Enough of you and your and your career. The the whole thing has bored me to tears. My, I mean, my talking about me, not your, being on your podcast. I like being on your podcast very much. He's so stern right now. All right. Anyway, so
0: uh, so we're going to get into going to get into the topic. Uh, there is a recent Harry Potter film. There is: Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince they call it. Oh, that half-Blood Prince.: Yeah. And, uh, and I am a big fan of the Harry Potter series. I've not read any of the books, but I really enjoy the movies. Uh, you, I, you've seen them all right.
1: I too am a big fan of the movies. I've also read the books and have listened to the audio book.: You listen to the audio book.: Yes. Is it uh, who 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 reads it? Um, is a voice actor named Jim Dale? Oh, I've heard of and him. And he's fantastic. He does a lot of those. He does. He actually is uh, he is with CESD, my agency for voiceover. You
0: should do voiceover.
1: I try. Oh we we have a lot of really popular voiceover actors hmm. at our company. So I don't have anything to my name it's frequently overshadowed.
0: Oh, fair enough.
1: It's all right. Okay.
0: Um but, yeah, and, uh, and that's the thing is, is one thing that has bothered me over the last several years is uh, the, the reaction of, of, I won't say the Christian community, certain Christians to the Harry Potter series. Um, it, it, it's, <laughs> one, there's a link on uh, morethanonelesson.com. Um, I don't know why I act like I'm plugging it. You're already listening to the show. Chances Ooh, are you're familiar with the Let's
1: story. try it like this. You <laughs> know where there's a link? more than one lesson.com.
0: more than one lesson dot com that's interesting i will have to give uh, i'll have to give that a look but there's a link to a website called christian spotlight uh on the movies or on entertainment they've got they cover a lot of ground and um and I've been looking at that website for years and years uh i I believe I mentioned it episode one and uh and so if you go and look at uh, the things that that they have to say uh or that at what some people have to say about really any of the Harry Potter movies, it it is absolutely uh, I would venture to say infuriating. Um, I I don't want to sound I, I know that with the super bad episode I wanted to try and and you know have a have an attitude of reconciliation that like well if there's somebody who like has not been raised with swearing then maybe you should cut them a break. Um, but I will say that just the, the spirit in which the Harry Potter movies have been taken by, by some Christians is you, you and I uh, spoke about this and and the term that I used is one that I'll use again. It's almost, uh, willfully, uh, intellectually compromising. Like the, just the, the way that they make mountains out of molehills, and just the, the way they see, uh, Evil and not Voldemort, evil not the evil that's in the film, but like the way they just see, uh, you know, evil and Satan everywhere in the film. It's just like you are really searching for this, you know. And and Sean, you actually brought some examples to me that I didn't even know about
1: mm-hmm. about
0: uh, a weird like inverse Trinity and stuff like Ye- that.
1: There, every all the links I've. I've... I've been aware that I've been doing this topic with Tyler because it's something that uh, it's a series and it's a story um, arc that I really enjoy mm-hmm. um, and so going on Christian Spotlight at the movies, there are plenty of links you can find about um, commentaries on what this series is saying some of them not specific to the films i'm uh, I'm gonna try and stay specific to the films yeah um, but some of them are, I'm trying not to sound, uh, not to attack uh, fellow Christians, but there are bits and pieces that almost make you wonder if the person writing them watched the movie long enough to finish it, rather than saw a couple of minutes and then started writing about it without completing, Um, and... Honestly, the those particular articles aren't really even worth bringing up because they're the factual information um, in them is so skewed that anything that could positively be brought out of them loses its credibility. Right. Um, so. I suppose, as I was thinking about this episode, in spirit of it being called More Than One Lesson. There you go. Yes. A wonderful title, by the way.
0: Thank you. I never actually gave the reason for the title. Perhaps I'll do that next episode. Okay.
1: Um, well, in spirit of m- having more than one lesson, um, I tried to think of ways in which the Harry Potter series presented um, more than one lesson. Um, the the way the films are responded to on Christian spotlight in the movies and uh, have been responded to by outspoken members of Christianity uh, in in the past, especially when the, the books first started coming out and then again when the first movie came out has been incredibly negative um, as a matter of fact on Christian spotlight on the movies. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is rated a very offensive movie. Um... <laughs> Whereas, uh, Harry Potter and, uh, the Half-Blood Prince is only rated as offensive. Hmm. And I thought that was curious. Now, before, almost as a disclaimer, before we go into this, in no way, and Tyler, I'm going to speak for you here, in no way are we encouraging the study of witchcraft or, uh, sorcery or diving into the occult or the fact that those things are okay,
0: I don't know why you are speaking for me. I think you should study it. I'm joking, of course. I'm sorry. No,
1: you don't. <laughs> you do not. After this, po- If you really believe that, we're having words after this podcast. No, I'm going to get Nathan, and we're going to come over oh, here and yeah, have a discussion. I'm sure we will. Um, um, as a matter sorry, of fact, he's going to listen to this, and he's going to be very <laughs> upset with you. I have at no that doubt that.
0: Um, yeah, sorry, everybody. I, I should have mentioned that uh, the relationship that Sean and I have... I basically just make jokes most of the time. Uh, sorry. So, yes, I agree with Sean completely. <laughs> don't don't get into witchcraft and, and, and sorcery. I, I'd say avoid it if you could.
1: Yes. Uh, but that being said, um, there's there's a particular focus that a lot of the reviews for these films have taken, and I feel like it focuses on a major point uh, and well, I I won't even say major. It focuses on a secondary point and misses what rides on that point. Mm-hmm. Um, to use a different analogy, uh, they refuse a gift because they don't like the wrapping paper that it comes in. Yeah. Um, the Harry Potter series is a fantasy series. Yeah. Uh, it is about witches and wizards. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Um. And the Bible clearly says uh, there are several verses, uh, many of them brought up on Christian Spotlight at the movies, and rightfully so. Um, Deuteronomy 18 uh, 10 through 12, Ephesians 5 through 11, uh, Exodus 22 18. Um, both Old Testament and New Testament speak out very clearly about witchcraft and sorcery um, and the study of the occult and pursuing power outside of God. Um, to make yourself stronger or what have you. But in these films, there are, I would say, more important overarching themes that just happen to be displayed in that fantastical world that I feel like uh, Christians in general as well as Christian children can be encouraged in. Um, And in talking with several friends before I came Uh, and did the podcast the the tone tends to be one of uh, playing things safe and just refusing to watch certain things refusing to be exposed to certain things Mm -hmm. whereas I think these films present a wonderful opportunity for parents to sit down and watch a movie with their children and then after the movie is done have a conversation what about this film was real what about this film was fantasy what what was make-believe it was the same thing when I was a kid, and you know, you watch some ninja movie, and then I decide I want to try and kick my sister in the head, and my mother has to sit me down and go, "Okay, you realize that that's not real." And if you really punch someone or kick someone or stab someone, they get hurt or they yeah. die. Um, I feel like that's uh, that's a wonderful opportunity that these films present.
0: Well, and just and and that's that to me is one of the biggest problems with, with certain Christian attitudes toward, towards really any film. I mean, it's just they, they refuse to accept the reality that the film is presenting. Um, and this can be for, for anything. I mean, to, to go back to my, my super bad discussion, this is a reality where these two guys who are not Christian swear a lot and they're involved with people that drink a lot and, and all that sort of thing. And that's the reality that these characters live in. All right, so it's like okay. Well, it may not be the reality I live in or that I want to live in, but it's not. This isn't about me. It's about these characters and what can I lo- so? Accepting that, what can I learn within that? And with Harry Potter, as you said, it's a fantasy film. Magic is the is pretty much uh, the the, the watchword for the series, and just like. You know, everybody is a witch or a wizard. Everybody engages in magic and witchcraft and all that sort of thing. That's the reality of the film.
1: And I would like to add, not the reality that we live in now.
0: That's uh, that's um, correct.
1: There, there seems to be, uh, sometimes when, when the idea of magic and, and the occult comes up, um, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll take a quote. Um, uh, on the review for Prisoner of Azkaban... Uh, Someone commented that they were appalled by Rowling's relentless and eerily accurate depictions of witchcraft, spells, and darkness. There is an implication there, not only that the magic portrayed in the films is real, Mm -hmm. um, but that the writer of the review has seen it and is upset by... Those same images being transmitted to their children. The magic isn't real.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's
1: now. Is that to say that uh, that there's not a concern that ooh, you're, uh, a child watches uh, any movie where magic is a, a major um, a major tool, and then goes on the internet and types in how do I become a witch? And I've done that, and there are plenty of sites that will, yeah, you know, go on and on. But um, the the magic in this film with wands and people bursting in and out of out of nowhere, teleportation, dragons and dwarves and goblins. Um, uh,
0: dwarves exist.
1: You know, first of all, little people because let's be politically correct second of all you know what i'm talking about i don't
0: know if they actually prefer i think they prefer dwarves uh,
1: okay i w- i will apologize if i offended uh anyone with uh a musculoskeletal birth defect that is not there's nothing wrong with it you are a there's no way I we can, can get go out of back. this now. We can go back. There's, you know what? No, leave it in. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I was referring to the dwarves of, let's say, the Tolkien series. But... Okay. Fine. Thank you, Tyler, for pointing out my... Uh, no problem, buddy. My grievous, grievous stumble of dialogue. Um, those things don't exist. Mm-hmm. Dragons don't exist. Um, we, as Christians, we believe in what the Bible tells us. Right. Um, And does that mean that there are not people who practice the occult? Absolutely not. What it does mean is that uh, there aren't big yellow buses, big purple buses that can appear and disappear out of nowhere. Um, People can't turn themselves into animals. Uh, Dragons do not still exist. If for no other reason than if they did exist, someone from the ministry of magic would have, stopped j k Rowling from writing these books because they wouldn't have wanted it to get out absolutely that's uh, I
0: didn't even think of it that way, yeah um, and so that so that's the thing is you just you need to as I was saying, just the world in which these characters live there's magic, and so you just accept that and put it to the side, and you say, well okay, within that what values is the series uh, putting out there you know I mean when you think about it how many how many Christians have a problem showing uh, showing their kids the Wizard of Oz probably not very many and yet there are both good witches and bad witches in that you know
1: another set of uh, films I would bring to that table is uh, the recently completed Lord of the Rings that's right there and that is a Christian allegory for basically the New Testament Hmm. um written by a christian author yeah i don't know if that has something to do with it uh but it's a fantasy story um and being used to transmit some of the same ideas that are translated in the harry potter series right um and if you don't mind i'd like to bring some of them up
0: all right by all means go ahead
1: okay um well the first of which uh first point self-sacrifice yeah um and spe- not specifically self-sacrifice, but the idea that there are things more important than social standing and money. Mm-hmm. These ideas come up frequently in uh, in the films uh, and in the books. Um, for those of you who are un- unfamiliar with the series, uh, at Hogwarts School, where Harry, Ron, and Hermione uh, train to become witches and wizards, uh, there are four houses students are separated into four houses and there's a competition every year uh for basically the best of the houses the house championship Mm -hmm. um in the first film when harry ron and hermione are caught out of bounds late at night and lose uh 50 points apiece for gryffindor uh they drop the lead in the house championship and relinquish it to slytherin which is a terrible terrible thing because those slytherin kids are are evil yeah um which is a shame, because I'm sure there's one good one. and Yeah. Like, he like hangs out with some Hufflepuffs, and he... I'm fascinated by
0: the notion that if the Sorting Hat says you're in Slytherin, do you just be like, well, I guess I'm a jerk then. Yeah. Is this, I didn't think I was you know a what? jerk, but now that, I am.
1: That might be another podcast. Absolutely. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but, and then hey, they come across some information that Voldemort is going to make uh, a try to get the Sorcerer's Stone, Um well, they actually think it's Snape in the context of the film, but it ends up being Voldemort. And the idea comes up that they will lose Gryffindor more points. Mm-hmm. And Harry, Ron, and Hermione make it very clear that there are things more important than house points. Yeah. Taking that and making a practical, real-life situation out of it, In, as as a Christian, as members of the faith, there are going to be times... When we are presented with position, property um, popularity, belonging, popularity belongings and money, but those situations are going to compromise our belief system yeah. I'll take it back to earlier in the episode I walked away from an acting job not this is not to make me sound like I'm a cool person because I don't think I am but um, like I'm a sinner just like everybody else but I was offered a certain amount of money to stay with this show and I couldn't do it yeah there will be times where as Christians you, you are either going to follow Christ and what, and what God's plan is for your life, or you have the option of doing something that's possibly easier, um, and possibly less taxing that is going to be immediately beneficial in some way other than doing God's will. Yeah. Um, and in the, in the movies, uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione choose to do what is right rather than what is easy. That's that is, actually a quote from uh, *Goblet of Fire*. That's right. That's Dumbledore right. says it.
0: He sure does. And uh, and that's I feel like that's another uh, another big thing is is as you said, self sacrifice. But uh, watching, I, I watched uh, three, four, and five yesterday, kind of in, in preparation for this, and um, and in number four, there's there's another element that I that I had kind of forgotten about a little bit. Uh, again, for those that don't know, uh, Voldemort is uh, the most evil wizard ever. And um, he killed Harry Potter's parents, and he tried to kill Harry Potter himself. But he couldn't. And that's what makes Harry Potter special. Now, the reason that he couldn't is because Harry's mom gave, basically sacrificed her life for her son and Voldemort was said he he said he goes it was he goes it was love i didn't count on love and because of your mom's love and sacrifice i was unable to touch you now through uh you know a uh, series of circumstances and events he is able to come back and then he can do whatever he wants to harry but going you know going back to the the origin story her love and sacrifice kept you know this evil guy from you know, from doing whatever he wanted with infant Harry. And I feel like that in itself, I mean, that is, that is like sort, that is a sort of Christ analogy. At the very least, I feel like it's informed by that, that, you know, Jesus sacrificed himself out of love. And because he did that, you know, what, what Satan previously had a claim on, which was us, he no longer does now of course it's up to us whether or not you know what we're going to do about that whether we accept that sacrifice or not but it was still it was still done and that like that in itself like you know to go back to like parents talking with their children like Mm -hmm. when talking about the sacrifice of of christ they could say hey you remember uh you know you remember what lily potter did you know, that's, it's similar to that. And you could also, there's also the Chronicles of Narnia thing, but like, that's the, again, that's the beauty of fantasy is kids can, you know, kids can watch this and think like, oh, this is so much fun. And then as they get older and they hear, you know, they hear about, you know, Christianity and kind of the details of it, they can be like, you know what, that's just like this, you know, or, or when their parents are explaining it to them, it's, they have a, a reference point from when they were younger.
1: Exactly. And the the key to that reference point is conversation. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's not something that can be left to its own devices. And I can see where when left to its own devices, uh, it can be something that is very dangerous. Yeah. But the movies in general, if you have young children, you probably shouldn't be letting them watch whatever they want Without yeah. your consent or presence, anyway, and the the key to something like the Harry Potter series is using what you are presented in the film to point to point kids to Christ, to point kids to Scripture, to point kids to God, mm-hmm. um, and then being very clear about the things in it that are not of God. And uh, kids listen. Uh, another concept that gets brought up uh, over the, the arc of the series is the idea of pure blood versus muggle-born witches yeah. and wizards and how there's a supposed difference between the two. Um, clearly, in the context of the film, there's not. Uh, but we have uh, an analogy for racism yeah. um, that gets – that Rowling and the filmmakers do a very good job of proving is uh, pointless – and an idea that is only held on to by people who are not loving uh by people who are frankly bad people
0: yeah and they need to feel you know they clearly need to feel superior to somebody and the only way they can do it is well i'm pure blood they're half blood i got what i you know i've got my my ammunition here now all i have to do is shout you know mud blood or half blood or something like that and uh and now I can now I have something so that that I can feel superior about you know and uh yeah and that introduces certain certain concepts about you know racism and that sort of thing that you know you can't talk to a 5 year old about exactly. i mean you, you you might be able to a little bit but uh, you can't talk about like if You the have harsh a very re- socially aware five year old right. I mean you can't talk about like some of the Really heavy horrible things That racism has caused um, But You can always talk about Harry Potter you know and And it's like yeah did you you know What did you think when Hermione was called this by uh, By Malfoy you know
1: presenting the Concept of equality First do mm-hmm. you see how there's no difference Do you see how they're equal yeah. See how Draco Malfoy is wrong. Yeah. Later on presenting that template of uh, equality, racism, the concept of racism or um, sexism mm-hmm. can be laid on top of that groundwork. And then it has a foundation to sit on. Yeah. Um. And teaching kids early that concepts like that are are wrong is. Is a good thing. Yeah. The Bible clearly teaches us that when saved in Christ, we become part of a new family. Yeah. um, That doesn't see color or race or age or ethnicity. Salvation is what's important. So, and in the Harry Potter films, we have uh, a concept, a template that we can lay on top of that um, and use it to further the gospel.
0: And I'd say probably one of the most because uh, if you if you read through like negative reviews of uh, Harry Potter, the one like the one, uh, I guess it's not one thing, but some of the concepts that that even the harshest Christian critics will, you know, will praise, is the idea of like friendship and loyalty Absolutely. and courage and the way that these all interact with each other, and that's something that. From the first film to the last film uh, you know it's it's always the idea of friendship and loyalty and being there for somebody r- no matter what uh, no matter what it takes that has always been championed you know and and a lot of the movies uh you know as uh, the movies certainly get darker as they go along most definitely um you know a lot more people die and and it becomes and what's fascinating is it becomes more and more. Hopeless it would appear um, and but throughout it all you it seems hopeless, but the characters don't lose hope, and it's because they know I have these people standing with me I'm not alone, you know that Harry, because he doesn't have parents and because he has been pretty much singled out for death um since birth since birth essentially um he's felt very alone and one of the most important things that, that Dumbledore has ever had to say, and hes I think he said it a couple of times, is the idea, and then it's been echoed by Ron and Hermione, is that you're not in this alone. We're here too. And we, you know, we, we're we going to be here till the end. And there's nothing you can do about it. You know, because there are moments when Harry just wants to be alone. You know, because he doesn't want to put other people in danger. or He, he just feels like, like nobody understands, so he should just go this alone. But his parent his his uh friends, they don't let him get away with that. You know, and I feel like going back to some of the uh you know, some of the things that I said about uh like accountability, um and friendship, I feel like that's a very Christian idea. That there are there are some there are some times when when you might feel like, you know what, I just I don't want to deal with my friends. I don't want to I just want to be alone and just kind of stew in my own depression. I myself had a moment like that recently uh where it happens every once in a while for me where I just felt like uh you know what? I am done with this. I think I want to get away from my friends for a little while and just be alone. I don't know why I felt that, you know, as I've said before I I uh have a tendency towards melancholy. Uh so I actually Brought this idea to my friends Not like hey I was thinking of leaving What do you guys think It wasn't anything like that But uh, you know it was, it was a concern It's like I don't know why I feel like this But I do And you know And my friends uh, Among them Nathan and Sean and, and some some people that you'll hear on the show uh, In a few weeks They were very encouraging And they let me know that Nah you can't just do this You know uh, We won't let you You know, you. Everybody needs friends, and you know you can't just give yourself over to these uh, kind of spiritual attacks, spiritual attacks, uh, depressive, melancholy tendencies, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. You can't just do that. And as friends, we won't let you do that because that will be, because even though it seems like when a friend does that, when it seems like perhaps they're overreaching or something like that, in fact, they're doing that out of love. And so when Harry says to Ron and Hermione, just like, you know what? I just want to deal with this by myself. You guys don't understand.
1: Or I want you to leave because I want you to be safe.
0: Right. And they don't listen because this is their friend and they love him. And they know that however he's feeling now, he still needs them. And that to me, that loyalty uh, that is constantly praised and basically one of the biggest sources uh, sources of hope and optimism in the series uh that is is more so than i 'd say a lot of the things that we 've been talking about that i think is the is the main theme of the series is friendship and and i 'd say self sacrifice as well mm-hmm. and the two go to, actually go together quite a bit
1: exactly and but also going along with that just because like kind of going back to the uh original problem in quotes of the Harry Potter series being. Uh, the fantasy the magical aspect um, using those as tools of ministry especially since this is uh, a series of films that is pointed at children I would say less so as they've uh, begun to develop yeah um, but since that was or they're you know kids films using them using what you've been given um I feel like growing up in the South, there's this uh, very right-wing idea that of not being used, being not using what is being given, but cutting off of information, cutting off of uh, explanation to kids, in hopes that because they don't know, they will not do. Right. Um, And it is a direct result of that that I graduated middle school with a young lady who was pregnant. Because in where I happen to grow up, sex education was uh, don't tell them anything, and they won't know what to do, so they won't do anything. And that's simply not the case.
0: Because that's, I'd say that's that's a, a trait of children: is if they don't know how to do something, they won't just charge on ahead. No, anyway.
1: clearly not all you know dripping with sarcasm. Can sarcasm drip through a podcast? Oh yes. Okay, good. Um, the The point is, if you're being given something like magic. You're being mm-hmm. given something like what the the kind of evil in Harry Potter there are some situations where it's probably best that it it not come up um, and that's an individual you know situation by situation circumstance. but on the whole, I would say using this particular venue. To discuss what's positive and what's negative, what's fantasy and what real life situations is this portraying that is applicable to us as Christians Mm -hmm. Um, and using that rather than saying there's no merit whatsoever and, you know, leaving it completely, uh, completely by the wayside.
0: Oh, my. That was the end of the thought. Like so I going.
1: apologize. I occasionally will come to the end of a thought, and my brain will just go, I'm done. So I ha- my mouth just stops moving.
0: Fair enough. Um, one thing that I do want to talk about before we, uh, before we finish up is uh, the attitude. And it, and it kind of develops only after a while because it's a kind of a mature attitude, I think. Um, the attitude towards evil and where, ah, yes. and where it comes from evil. and the base of it. And I feel like the films the film series attitude and its beliefs about evil and how it originates uh I believe are very biblical. Um because Voldemort is seen as the most evil guy ever. But he was a guy. He was a person, you know. Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle if you will. That that's his name. Um and he, basically, he just, it, it he became very self-focused. It only became about him being the best wizard, him being uh, the most powerful, him being feared. Like, it wasn't, I mean, he didn't, and he didn't have any friends. He only had people who were probably afraid of him.
1: Or people who thought they were his friends that he was lying to.
0: Right. You know, and uh, and if you see the way that he treats his followers... You know, um, in number four, there's a, a guy named Wormtail who's basically devoted his life to Voldemort and ultimate and basically cuts off his hand as part of a ceremony to resurrect Voldemort. Um, and Voldemort plays with the idea of, man, maybe I won't give you back your hand because uh, screw you. He does. it's not that it, he doesn't use that line. But, uh, you know, he he people with-
1: are a means to an end. Yeah. There is no interpersonal relationship. There's no connection whatsoever. Um, you know, when he, uh, he leaves in the first one, uh, he is um, a spirit attached to the back of Professor Quirrell's head. Yeah, and when Professor Quirrell is in turmoil, when he needs the person he has devoted himself to, Voldemort leaves and allows him to die. Yeah, um, and he is constantly through as the, well, I. Like, well, we've seen six. I won't say anything that happens in the two-parter seven film because okay. that would be fair enough wrong. Um, but we find out in six that he has created these Horcruxes to um, make himself immortal. Yeah, you know this fear of death, whereas you know Harry frequently walks into situations where he believes he uh, very. It's very possible that he will die. Yeah, um, and that's similar to the way. Uh, Christians throughout history have have worked. Our 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 future is set. We we have a place in the kingdom, which is why in uh, in the Middle Ages, the people who went and worked with um, who gave medical attention to people with plague were the Christians because they were not afraid of death. Hmm. Um, that's another.
0: Well, and it, and the thing about the the cruxes and this this really is just from the sixth film. They don't give really. A lot of indication about it uh, in the earlier films. They show some. Mm
1: -hmm. um, You don't know what they are. But you don't know what
0: they are. And so, um, but you come to find out in the sixth one, the only way, basically a horcrux is like putting part of your soul in a physical object. And as long as that physical object is around, uh, your soul is still around and you cannot die. Mm -hmm. Um, But the only way to do that is to kill somebody. Because when you kill somebody, it, it it basically, like, rips your soul in two. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, what if I do it, what if I want seven horcruxes? Then that means he basically has to kill seven people. And he does. Because, again, it's putting himself before other people to the point of even even killing them. Mm-hmm. And whereas, you, so you look at that, but then you look at, like, the, the Order of the Phoenix, and you look at the, the good guys... They don't even use the killing curse Like they don't The idea of killing somebody Even in self-defense They don't do it
1: There's it, Even to the point of capturing someone To send them to prison When they know people are breaking out of prison at will Right um, Is Is uh, You know Clinging to justice even when justice isn't working
0: And that's the thing Is it's just and I remember hearing about that. I I always thought like, well, that's really dumb because like, if someone's coming after you with the killing curse and you deflect it fifty times,
1: that fifty first one, yeah, the, it's gonna uh, kill you.
0: You know, the like, I as don't a know function that. Of like probability and st- you know statistics and stuff, y- it, the one all he has to do is succeed once, mm-hmm. you know, and that bothered me a lot. But ultimately, like when you see the importance that Voldemort uh, attaches. To the Killing Curse specifically, um, at the end of uh, the fifth film, Harry has uh, Bellatrix Lestrange. She's basically cowering on the ground. She has just killed a friend of Harry's. Godfather. Godfather, thank you. And He's played um,
1: wonderfully by Gary Oldman.
0: Gary Oldman. I love that guy. He's great. That's the guy that played Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. That's weird to think because the characters are so different. He also played Dracula. So anyway. Um, so Bella, he, he basically Harry has Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange where he wants her, and then Voldemort shows up and he is he's urging Harry to kill her. So for, first off, Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange, whose name apparently is very difficult for me to say, she's very loyal to Voldemort. But the minute that it suits him, he is challenging Harry to kill her. You know, um, he has no loyalty towards her. But what's more is he recognizes that, like, he can he can almost turn Harry to his side mm-hmm. by pushing him to kill her, even though at this point she's disarmed. She poses no threat.
1: Exactly. And that's, uh, that's the filmmakers being very clear. Look, the bad guy wants the good guy to kill this woman because if the good guy kills this woman, he becomes a bad guy. Yeah. He is in league with the bad guy.
0: I mean, it's similar to... Uh it's similar to return of the jedi where the emperor wants luke to kill vader because he underst- because then he will be turned to the dark side of the force you know it's the idea of but ultimately what's fascinating is that harry his attitude towards evil of course he he hates evil but his attitude towards voldemort suddenly changes and he sees voldemort as a man who has no friends he has no joy he has no hope the only thing he has because he's he's invested in himself so much the only thing he has is himself which is why he needs to, he fights so hard to preserve it because it's all he's got and harry meanwhile has he's got loyal friends he's got happy memories um and ultimately and this is a just such a brilliant bit of writing uh and it's just such a brilliant idea Ultimately Harry says I feel sorry for you. And it's an attitude that you won't you don't find very often where a character that's completely evil usually the character is to be condemned. But Harry actually feels pity towards him. Mm-hmm. He feels sorry for him, you know. I mean, he may still at some point need to kill him, you know, or something like that or stop him some way. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh we'll get back to you in 2 years. <laughs> oh jeez. Um yeah that's a little frustrating anyway um he may you know he may need to do things that he needs to do to stop him um but he doesn't condemn him he ultimate like he gains sudden he suddenly gains perspective and i guess this kind of goes back to last week's episode um about the reader and judgment at nuremberg um and it's just it's a very mature attitude mm-hmm. um that voldemort who i would say is similar to your crazy fast food clown it's basically, li- because he is—he basically embodies a characteristic, which is selfishness and evil, because he embodies that, you can kind of overplay him, and you don't have to play him as conflicted. And he's not played as conflicted, but that still, do- that doesn't mean that he is not human anymore, and that he doesn't, and that he only deserves condemnation. Mm-hmm. Harry, in his maturity... Recognizes that you know what this was once a guy and he has no happiness in his life. Mm-hmm. So you know what, ultimately, that's just something to be pitied. Um, and that I think is is a, a a really interesting attitude and one that you won't find in a lot of other uh, in a lot of other like kids films. It's usually pretty cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's I don't know if a five year old is going to get that idea.
1: Probably not. But but let's be honest. Order the order the Phoenix. Maybe not the one you show the five year old.
0: That's true. That's true, um, and so I feel like just right and left. I mean, yes, there's there's magic, there's sorcery, but you have to. But that's basically the surface. That's that's the setting, you know. Uh, so you need to look underneath and see the ideas that it's putting out there, and all of its ideas, all of its values are, I would say, absolutely Christian. There's something that a per, that a Christian can get on board with, mm. and And the fantasy elements and the magic elements basically allow these themes to be seen and digested relatively easily by a group of people that otherwise might not see a more straightforward, uh, you know, example of these themes. And so for that reason, I feel like the Harry Potter films serve a great purpose, you know, but... And and it just and it just frustrates me more than anything when somebody just cannot get past the fact that they're using wands and they're wearing pointy hats.
1: It's 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 Tyler's right. It's sad that um, sometimes people can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah. Um. And it's essentially saying that there is no, uh, there is nothing redeeming. Yeah. There is nothing that we can learn. Uh, there there are no lessons that can be taught from this. Um, I don't know if I would go as far as to say that uh, the the films and all of the concepts are inherently Christian however, I would say that there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of ideas born in the like that are transmitted in these films mm-hmm. that have very close relation to Christian ideas that can be used to teach Christian, Christian ideas. Right. right. Um, but, uh, I, I'm, I agree with Tyler that the, I, the concept that as Christians, we cannot, um, we cannot access or should not access anything of the, of the fantasy realm in terms of the art we, we take in, um, is, is limiting a lot of, uh, a lot of different things that can be taught. Mm -hmm. Um, Fantasy in general is um, an art form where certain things can be brought up in uh, possibly a, a less realistic environment and therefore ideas can be transmitted uh, more easily and I, I would say if if Harry Potter is off the table um, because of what it because of what kind of film it is then so is Chronicles of Narnia and Lord of the Rings which right. are um, very obvious Christian allegory um granted they were designed that way um but that there are still wizards and uh and talking animals and um and things that don't exist in in the world we live in
0: right yeah and uh and so yeah that's that's our discuss- you know and we haven't really talked about any of the artistic elements of of Harry Potter but and so I'll briefly say that it it's some of the best acting I've seen Ever like it's like as far as like British character actors, if you enjoy the work of British character actors, just watch all the Harry Potter movies.
1: I I have a suspicion that uh, after the Harry Potter movies are done, they're not going to hire any British character actor that was not in one of them like they're just weeding them out.
0: (laughs) Well, slowly but surely, if you are British and you act and you're over the age of 30, you probably got a part
1: it's like law and order in New York <laughs> if you want to consider yourself a character actor you right. have to be in the Harry Potter movies or if you're American on law and order or CSI
0: there was a uh, there was actually uh, talk uh, in the first film of uh, Quirrell being played by David Thewlis who, who was who uh, would later Lupin Lupin um, Prisoner of Azkaban th- thank you and in the other films as well Um and I just like the idea it's like it's like, oh no, I didn't get the part. And it's like slow down, just stay tuned. We'll we'll get we'll get you back in a couple of years. We'll,
1: we'll get you a better one. Um yeah, a much better only, one. Only only said with a British accent. Yeah, we'll right. get you a better one. That was terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, so um so yeah. Stay and tuned, David. Do hang out. So speaking of British things, uh yeah. So, next week I'm going to be uh, discussing uh, In the Loop, which is a, a film that I hadn't really heard anything about until a couple weeks ago. And then I heard about it from like eight different sources. I, I just was, heard about it now. And I from was lucky you. enough. Oh, really? Yes. You'll have to listen next week. All right. Uh, and I was just lucky enough. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a friend. Uh, he had it on uh, on a CD, so I was able to watch it uh, on my computer here, and it's absolutely wonderful. And so I will be talking about it next week. Uh, in the meantime, Sean. Yes, Tyler. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I look forward to coming back, provided the fans don't hate me.
0: Abs. Absolutely. Um, and uh, and just to reiterate, uh, Los Angeles people. If you are looking for a uh, personal trainer who uh who I completely vouch for, I think Sean has a great attitude uh and is and you know, won't make you feel bad about uh the, the things you do or don't do. Um that reminds me we have to talk. No, I know, I know. But uh then I, I highly recommend Sean. He's a he's a good guy. And uh Sean, how can people get a hold of you again?
1: Uh message me on, on the Facebook. Yeah. Um uh, Facebook dot Sean underscore Richardson
0: S H A W N S H uh,
1: A W N the the way to spell it if you are dyslexic and need to spell out your own name sound out your own name because uh, people always tell me my name is spelled wrong and it's I don't think that's correct but whatever
0: so let's let's uh, take the dyslexics down a peg that's that's a good
1: idea hey is is nothing to laugh at.
0: So anyway, and uh, your email address is seanrichardsononline.
1: At yahoo.com.
0: At yahoo.com. So, uh, so email him. And uh, yeah, so thanks for listening, and uh, I'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.